welcome to Bloodsuckers, a podcast about the Twilight series by Stephanie Meyer. I'm Maddie. I'm A-Ray. I'm Janae. And I'm Gail. Thanks for listening to our 10th episode. Each week, we bring you news and theories about the upcoming book, Breaking Dawn, and the Twilight movie, as well as discussion and thoughts about the series so far. Christina crashed her car in our hardcore NASCAR race, so she will not be joining us this week. Aww. That was a really dangerous challenge. It was. We shouldn't have picked that Maybe one. Maybe we should try something less dangerous next time, just a thought. Well, she's mostly alive. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Alright, so this week we received a listener email from Karina from California. She sent us a poem she wrote about Twilight. Janae, would you like to read it for us? Sure. Eternity, you will always be my only one. I will love you unconditionally for always and eternity. You smell so lovely as our lips draw near. You see the secret I've been hiding. I want you to choose me, not him. Sometimes I don't think you can see how dangerous I can really be. So I ask you, why not choose the other man? Your answer is sweet like the lullaby I sing. I can't wait for eternity with you every day and every night. Your face will be my gleaming light. I do not need heaven if I have forever with you. Our love is different, human and vampire, but to me, you're an angel God sent. You saved me from my dark and lonely life, but now I have you. That's all I need to be happy for eternity. So sleep, my Bella. Dream happy dreams. In the morning, you'll see me. Do not worry, I won't leave. You're my everything for always and eternity. Mm-hmm. So pretty. That was. That was really good. It is pretty. I love the, the last one with the so sleep, my Bella. I don't know. It's just so cute. Thanks, Karina. Yeah, thanks. And she also said, I also have a couple of questions. If the Collins and the Volturi have a war, what do you think it will be about? And what do you think Breaking Dawn means? If you look up the meaning of Dawn in Wikipedia, it is quite interesting. It says Dawn is the twilight before sunrise. It also says this, in Western folklore, it is believed that evil spirits, demons, vampires, trolls, and even Satan are uh, obliged to disappear at dawn, for being creatures of darkness, they hate light, especially that of the sun. Many pre-Christian cultures also believe this, including Anglo-Saxons and Vikings and Celts. I think that Breaking Dawn means, while twilight is the saddest part of the day for vampires, I think Breaking Dawn might be the happiest because... It is the start of a new day, so Bella might be changed this time. It could be the start of a new life, like a new beginning for her and Edward. As for vampires and other monsters disappearing at dawn, I think her human life will disappear at dawn. Well, first I kind of want to make a Harry Potter reference to this. When um the new book title was released Harry Potter, and it was Deathly Hallows, we all freaked out because we looked at Hallows online, and it was a similar definition to this about like evil spirits being out and something to do with that. And we all got really excited and thought it had something to do with it. But much like that, when it didn't, I think that Dawn is just a reference to the time of the day when, like you said, they're most happiest and when she's going to change. Like, the other times of the day have been references to their mood and such in the other books. I, if you think about it, like none of the book titles really have too much to do with the actual book, like Gail said. Um, because, like, in Twilight, at the very end, like, when they're at the prom and then they go outside and they're talking, he says, like, oh, you're so eager for this to be the twilight of your life, and that was, like, one of the only times that they mentioned the word twilight. Then a new moon, I think within, like, the first couple chapters, they mentioned, like, a new moon, and that was, like, it. So, I'm not sure exactly how significant it could be, but it does make sense that it could be, like, the start of her new life with Edward. Yeah. Um, I think the 
titles are mostly just supposed to be like the overarching theme in the book so I don't think we can get very much out of analyzing the title because like it doesn't really have any details or anything but I guess we can say that it might be like the start of a new day because it's like the breaking dawn uh, um so what do you guys think the Collins and the Volturi might have a war about? Well, maybe like before that one time that we said, well, maybe somebody at the wedding has an accident because they're klutzy like Manny <laughs> and they make themselves when <laughs> they they make themselves bleed and then Jasper goes insane. So that would put like a whole town of people at risk and therefore they'd have to come in and like do their vampire secret service thing. I want that to happen so bad. That, that would be so amazing. Be sick awesome. I, like, legit don't think there's going to be a vampire war between the Volturi and the Collins or whoever. I just don't think it's going to happen, and so I, I don't know, I feel like that wouldn't be the point of the book. It's not, like, an action series, like, where I'm making it out to be. It's a vampire love story. There was a war with Victoria, though, and a newborn. True. I feel like that might be enough wars for the entire series. True, true. Well, I think it kind of needs, like something crazy going on to be interesting because you know as much as I love the lovey-dovey stuff with Edward and Bella like it would get old without other stuff going on and they said in the book that the Collins are like the biggest coven besides the Volturi so they might be like threatened by their existence because they keep trying to get like Edward and Alice to join them but obviously they're not going to be able to do it and so they might feel the need to take further action. But would they really be that much of a threat considering, you know, I know some of the Cullens have special powers, but like the Volturi, their their guard is pretty much handpicked because they have special freaky powers that they can like kill you with. So wouldn't they be kind of like uh, outnumbered and out special powered, if that makes any sense? Which would slightly be an issue. If the war actually were to break out. It'd be a one-sided war, and we don't want Edward to die, so <gasps> would that really happen? Alright. Tessa in Germany sent us a song suggestion t-shirt idea and said this. I had a few comments on last week's podcast. One of you mentioned that if the Volturi came back in Breaking Dawn and Bella is human, they would kill her, but I'm not sure because isn't the only reason they haven't killed her yet is because they think she would be valuable as a vampire? Also, if Breaking Dawn is based on Midsummer Night's Dream, I would hope that nothing happens between Edward and Bella, but maybe there could would be more chance that Jacob will imprint because for him that would really be falling in love with the wrong person. The only thing about Midsummer Night's Dream that would have me worried is lots of people are having the fear that Bella would wake up in Breaking Dawn and it's all a dream. I would be really mad. <laughs> oh, that would be... But hold on. Can I, I want to say something that didn't get said last week about the Romeo and Juliet connection since we are talking about Shakespeare. The theme of Romeo and Juliet already existed in New Moon when you had the thought that um, Bella had killed herself and then um, Edward takes his life in his own hands, goes to Volturi and says, kill me. And then they go, wait, she's not dead. Let's go stop Edward before he kills himself. And then they almost get there too late. Like, we already had Romeo and Juliet. So it's not like it's not going to happen. It just already happened. Yeah, and as for the Midsummer Night's Dream thing, I think we can already say that Jacob's, like, definitely in love with Bella. But, like, I don't think he's... He, if he hasn't imprinted on her yet, he's not going to. Because, like, with everyone else, as soon as they saw the person after they became the werewolf, it was like the earth just moved. So it's like Jacob's seen her way too many times to have not imprinted on her by now. Agreed. True. 
But that doesn't mean he won't imprint on someone like inconvenient, like maybe another vampire. Or Angela. 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 Ow. I love Angela. I like her so much better now that I'm rereading Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac emailed us to propose a theory. Edward puts off turning Bella into a vampire for so long that something bad happens to him, and Bella has no reason to want to live forever. I would be so mad. I would be mad. No, but he's not going to take back his end of the deal. They're really good with their compromises. Well, yeah, but he might, like, I mean, he might just put it off. I think that's definitely a thought, because he really doesn't want to do it. Like, he's stalling, and just... Well, I guess once they're married, there's no reason to not do it. True. Yeah. Someone needs to go to Edward and show him a picture of an old lady and be like, this is what will happen if you wait too long. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Samantha from Kansas commented us on our last episode and also said this. What scene from Twilight do you think MTV will show at their awards night? They mentioned that Kristen, Robert, and Cam would all be on the red carpet there and that the scene might have all three of them in it. I wonder if it... Sorry. Oops. I wonder if it will be an important scene or if they don't want to give too much away. Just wondering. Keep up the fantastic work. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Anyway, on the MTV site, they have like screen caps of the scene, and it looks like it's definitely the ballet studio scene. Awesome. Because it like has pictures of James looming over Bella and stuff, and then them fighting. Well, as long as they're not going to give away the entire plot in the MTV scene right there. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. <laughs> good job. Well, I guess that people that aren't fans wouldn't really know what's going on anyway. So they just kind of want to do, look, yeah. cool action scene. All you boys, come watch the romance. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get the guys because every girl in the world is already a fan of Twilight, yep. so they don't even have to worry about it. All right, well, Katie from North Carolina emailed us with a song suggestion and also said, I have a theory about what Bella's power might be when she becomes a vampire. I think that because of how she isn't affected by Edward or J Jane's gifts, she will also be able to read minds, but might also be able to control their thoughts as well. For example, if she needs to manipulate someone's mind in a vampire war, she could have them kill themselves instead of the vampire she loves. I don't know. I don't really think that would work because it's not like she's terribly convincing in real life. Not really. So, like, she's a terrible liar. So, she's not very good at manipulating people now, so I don't see why she would be when she turns into a vampire. Well, Katie S. from Texas sent us a theory. She said, I think because Bella is such good friends with all the vampires, she might have a little of everyone's power, like reading minds and seeing the future and stuff. That would be pretty cool. I feel like we're all making out Bella's power to be a lot more hardcore than it's going to be. Like, I don't feel like any vampire can be that powerful. Because she'd be like, if she had a little bit of everyone's, that'd be a lot of power for one vampire. True. Yeah, true. But then maybe that's why the Volturi are so interested yeah. in her. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely got something, like, wacky going on with, like, the way that she's not affected, but it's hard to predict how that would translate into, like, a vampire power. But I don't think there's any doubt that she's going to have one. But I think her power is going to kind of be a big deal because her power now to, like, um, block out everyone else's powers, like, that's kind of a big deal. People yeah. don't generally yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, for a human, that's a big deal. So I don't see why she wouldn't have a big deal vampire power. I think that she'll either be able to 
block out other powers or have a power like being able to see into the future or something. But I don't think it's going to be a little bit of everyone's because that, that I think would be too much. But being able to block something out would just be one power. But that wouldn't be like really much more of a power than she has now. So that would be kind of lame. But they say that your power is just an extent of your capabilities of a human. So if you're good at reading people, then you can read people's minds. If you can block out powers, then you'll be able to like hardcore block them out when you're a vampire. Maybe repel, like send them back. That'd be cool. And, like, maybe her power doesn't have to be, like, super-duper hardcore, because, you know, as a vampire, she's gonna be strong and be able to somewhat take care of herself, so she wouldn't need to have, like, a super bazooka of a power. Like, she'll have super strength and all that stuff that they all have, so she won't be all breakable human anymore. Miranda from Oklahoma emailed us to ask this question. Before Bella moved to Forks, but she knew she was moving there, how did Alice not see her coming, or did she see her and not tell Edward she was coming? Because it seems like she tells Edward everything. Okay, this is something I've thought about a lot. The way Alice's power works is that she's got to, like, watch someone's, like, future. And so she'd have to be, like, too... I, she always referred to something as, like, tuning in. So unless she was, like, specifically watching for Bella... I don't think she would have seen it because they say that when Edward is telling her to keep watching all these things about Bella, she gets mad because she can only see so much at once or something. But I think she'd have to be tuned into like looking out for Edward's love life. I don't know because I feel like if she has the power to see the future, she would be looking out for her family a lot because she doesn't really care about anyone else's future. So it's not like Bella's not a huge part of her future and I know in the books it did say that like he kn like she always knew that he wasn't gonna kill her and that like he would fall in love with her and stuff but that doesn't really explain why she wouldn't know about her before she moved to Forks. Now I guess you just kind of have to ignore it because otherwise the book wouldn't be very interesting. Yeah I'm figuring the same thing I mean why would she be watching the future for other people who aren't her family? I mean, like, it's not like Edward made the decision to fall in love with some random human girl who came to Washington. Yeah, but that decision affected Edward's future, so in theory it should have come up in Edward's future because someone had made that decision, and, like, so oh, true. it was gonna happen. Oh, this is just confusing. I guess it has. To, it just has to be ignored to make things make sense. Well, because isn't her ability based off of decisions? Yeah, so when <clears throat> when Bella made the decision to move to Forks, they knew that, and like even once she got her schedule, they knew that someone had made the decision that Bella was going to see Edward in that biology class. And so Alice should have been able to see that, like, that it would have such a strong effect on Edward and that like he would want to kill her and stuff. No, 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 because if you read if you read Midnight Sun, um she's not paying attention to that because Jasper was having such a hard time that day with like not killing that girl in the cafeteria. True. Maybe she so was just she's overly concerned so about Jasper. Edward starts to Edward starts to read her thoughts and she he can see that she's thinking about nothing but Jasper, so she didn't even see that. True. Because like it's not like Bella's decision to move to Forks was like Oh, I think I'll move to Forks today. <laughs> she had done it a while before. So I guess it would be like how far into the future is she looking? Like, I don't know. It's confusing. I guess you just have to like get over it. Willing suspension otherwise, If we knew it was coming, it would, yeah. If we knew it was coming, it wouldn't be a very interesting book and Stephanie wouldn't have much to write about. Alice could basically just tell you the whole story. <laughs> anyway, Kira from Kira. New Jersey. Kira! Kira! 
sent us this email. Hey guys, I had a question that I thought might get some more discussion going. You know how werewolves imprint on other people? Well, do you think it's possible for vampires to do the same thing like that? For example, when Jasper first meets Alice, he's never seen her before, so how does he know he can trust her? It's a stretch, but there could be something like imprinting going on. Let me know what you think. I feel like imprinting is based off animal instincts. And, like, the way it's described, the werewolves are animals and the vampires are... To say this, not to sound harsh, but they're supposedly like monsters. Imprinting is animal instinct, actually. In chapter 52 of my AP Biology <laughs> book, <laughs> it's, it's called Animal Behavior. No, I'm not even kidding. This is actually, it's called Animal Behavior. And did you, I'm sure you've heard, like, how when baby ducks are first born, they, like, imprint on their mothers, and then they follow them around, like, wherever. Or, like, sometimes they can imprint on people accidentally, and then they'll follow you around forever and not leave you alone. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. we should. That's so cute. It's Can called it's called yes. imprinting. <laughs> it's called imprinting and what it is, it's like um during a critical period when they're young, um the first thing they see like when they're born is what they imprint on and um they just they follow that around. They just do like there's this um, guy who stood in front of a nest. It was an experiment they did with certain boots on and like there was different people with different boots. And it didn't matter, like, who was wearing um, the boots. It just mattered the boots. Like, the ducks followed the type of boot that they first saw around. That's kind of funny. But a good fashion taste. <laughs> Janae, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, I was going to say, well, I did know that imprinting was in animal behavior, even though I'm not in AP Bio, and I can't pull up the exact <laughs> chapter it was in the book. But, yeah, it is an animal instinct, but I thought, well, I was thinking the same thing Kira said. I'm like, wait. How do you how can how do you know you can trust this person if you just saw them for the first time? Like I know it is an animal instinct, but technically human beings are animals too. So don't you think it could be just there, buried in that humanness that they used to have that kind of just comes up? I don't know. True, because like, you know, Jasper walks into a bar and this crazy-looking girl is like. Oh, we're gonna fall in love. I can see the future. <laughs> like that's kind of weird. But then I guess she would know things about him so that um, he would know that she's telling the truth. But um, I feel like it. There has to be something supernatural going on because if you think about like Carlisle t turning Esme, who's to say that Esme would have ever fallen in love with Carlisle? Like. She's just this random girl. He's never met her before, and so. But they ended up falling in love, and of all well, the he's hot. Yeah, well, she was too. But of all the bazillion people to um, turn into a vampire, he just happened to pick the one that was gonna fall in love with him. Which makes me think about what A Ray just said about the first thing you see when you're born, like being connected to. Because if being born as a vampire, maybe like. Esme first saw Carlisle. That would explain, that would explain Edward, like the strong bond he has with Carlisle, like how he doesn't want to ever like disappoint him. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, Judas, I was thinking about the Jasper Alice thing, and I think that in a world full of humans, finding another vampire would make you trust them, because you know they're not out to kill you. So, well, you I think don't finding know that. a friend. Considering where Jasper came from, like, all there was was vampires out to kill him. They might be. True, but, like, I think that sitting there and hearing this, like, other vampire who seems, like, less killy 
I'd be excited. So Dana sent us in a poem she wrote about Twilight. Gail, would you like to read it? Sure. The first time I met you, I knew you were different. The way you stood apart from the crowd. Your godlike perfection left me breathless as I felt a wave of affection suddenly wash over me. We talked in the meadow. You told me to stay away, but I wasn't listening. I couldn't keep my eyes from watching your glistening. I love you, Edward. I always have. You're my brand of heroin, and I'm addicted. You are my life now. Bite me. Well, it's good. Yeah. It is really cute. So we'd also like to thank Lauren from Ohio, Chandler and Laura from Ireland for sending us in cheesy jokes, Kaylee from Michigan, I'm going to kill this, Shava? It's called Shava, Shava, Shava. Like S-H, mm-hmm. Shava. Oh, Shava. No, no, I think it's, I think it's like a, I might be wrong, but Hava. it sounds like a Jewish name, so it might be like Kava. Whatever. We're sorry. Whoever you are, sorry. <laughs> Emma from Connecticut, Tessa in Germany. Nicole from Florida, Charlotte from California, Katie from North Carolina, Alex from Connecticut, and Bailey from Georgia for sending us in song ideas. Tessa in Germany for sending us t-shirt ideas, Alex and Marta for sending us theories, and our faithful fanfires, Robin in California, and Dana. Remember, if you would like to contact us with a question, comment, theory, or idea for the show, please email us at bloodsuckerspodcast at yahoo.com or leave a comment on our blog at bloodsuckerspodcast.blogspot.com You can also be our friend on MySpace or join our Facebook group. Thanks. Thanks. Now we're going to go to A-Ray with the latest Twilight news. Thanks, Maddie. Gil Birmingham, who plays Billy in the Twilight movie, gave an interview with the Twilight Lexicon. The National Post has recently released an article about the upcoming movie. movie. Peter Facinelli, who plays Carlisle, updated his MySpace. The MTV Movie Awards announced that a full scene from the movie will air on Sunday. IMDb announced that the Twilight trailer was in the top 10 most viewed this week. The Daily Breeze released an interview with Stephanie Meyer. Barnes & Noble posted a short video interview with Stephanie Meyer and have released their plans for Breaking Dawn. The theme of all Barnes & Noble stores is is going to be prom. Also, the cover for Breaking Dawn and the first chapter were released today. That's all the news for this week. Thanks to the Twilight Lexicon for these stories. You can catch the cover on our website if you'd like to see it. You haven't seen it yet. Yes. So, thanks for the news, A-Ray. What do you guys think of these stories? Um, I think we should discuss blah, 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 the chapter and cover. What the heck? That's so exciting. <laughs> all right. Well, first, the chapter. What, what are you guys thoughts? Oh, warning. If you do not want to know what's happening, you don't want to hear it, skip this part. Go forward a little bit. Listen to something else. Okay. <laughs> so, somebody emailed it to us because we're bad people, and it came out. Uh, it came out like early, I guess, a spoiler leak. And since we're cheaters, we decided to read it. <laughs> and so I like opened up this email. I'm sorry, I forget who sent it to us. I think it was Isaac. <laughs> At least five thousand different people. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Okay. So anyway, so I opened it up. I start to read it, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good." There's like she's chilling in her new car that Edward bought her and like she's spazzing out because she like she slams on the uh accelerator because she's so used to her truck and it like she almost kills herself or whatever and so then she like I don't know she goes home and then her and Edward like have to tell Charlie about them getting engaged or whatever and then she tells Renee and Renee's like I'm okay with this and then Alice starts like fitting her for her wedding dress and the whole time I'm reading this I was like this is so fake. This is the most fake thing ever. I thought it was like somebody wrote it and was trying to pass it off, like just to get popular or whatever. And I don't know, just I, I hated it. I can't believe that was real. I hated it so much. Like, not that 
I just thought it was, oh, I don't want to say, but I thought it was written badly. Like, I really did. But Avery, how do you really feel about it? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. It was just, ugh. Like, they told Charlie, and I, I expected, like, this huge explosion. And Charlie was like, bleh, 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 and then started laughing. And then she told Renee, and I thought Renee was going to be really pissed. And Renee was like, that's okay, honey. Get married at 18. You knew he wasn't going to be too pissed because Edward could read his mind and could tell what he was thinking. And if it was going to get bad, he would have asked Bella to leave. Yeah. There's no bad situations when you can read minds. True. Yeah. Well, I truthfully didn't really like it either. I mean, the car thing I kind of thought was funny because she thought she was driving her truck and she was driving this really nice car that kind of reacts differently than a million year old hunk of junk truck. So... I thought that was funny, and that the people wanted to take pictures with her car. I thought that was funny, but then when she, when they, it got to the part where Edward and Bella were telling Charlie about them getting married, I'm like, why didn't Charlie have like a heart attack or something? Like, start freaking out really bad. The one thing that he said though, "Are you pregnant?" That did make me laugh, but like the rest of the reaction, I'm like, made a fail. Like, I was just wasn't impressed. I didn't think there was gonna be like that big of a reaction. I think everyone knew it was coming. Like if you've ever seen Edward and Bella together, it's it was kind of obvious. So it's I don't feel like everyone would have been surprised. And I also liked the part of the chapter where like she's checking up with Seth. We had talked about before about how we thought that Seth might end up being friends with them because like him and Edward got along now. And like I thought it was realistic that Bella would still be like trying to check up on him. One part that I found kind of weird is Stephanie's starting to like write more maturely if you want to say it like that. So after they like when Edward asked for permission, did you catch the innuendos that happened after that? When he's like, he's like, we're going away. I just want to make sure that oh, yeah, I got that. that like I do this right and then Charlie's like, and then he's kind of one of them is thinking like yeah, the dad's not going to be like, no, go do that without getting married first. And I was kind of like, really? <laughs> That's what we're going to discuss right now? Yeah, and then she's she's talking about like her happy place with Edward, which is the bedroom. And I was like, all right. Well, it's not like it hasn't been discussed before. Like, this isn't new. I guess it's new to be in the first shock. I expected her happy place to be like the meadow with Edward. But no, it's like, okay, Bella. <laughs> Well, she's, like, talking about the future, not the past. Yeah, she wasn't talking about going to her happy place like the room. True. The cover. Okay, well, I'm going to take the opposite view of the first chapter. I hate the cover. I think it's, like, hideous. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think it's cute at all. I don't like it. Because all the other covers were, like, pretty, like, flowers and fruits and stuff. And then this one was just, like, squares and chess pieces. And I think it's ugly. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was so cool looking. I'm guessing it's supposed to be, like, symbolic of um, Bella turning from, like, a blood... F I think someone emailed us about this, and I'm sorry, I forget your name, but if you email us again, I'll give you credit later. And, um, but they emailed us that, like, they thought that the pawn symbolized, like, a red, blood-filled, like, defenseless Bella, and then her turning into, like, a white queen, the, like, the most powerful piece on the board, and, like that kind of thing but i don't know i hate it i think it's hideous i don't really like it either i'm like i saw 
because I'm a spaz and I go on people's fan art websites and stuff and I see people who have like mad photoshop skills who made like dozens of other covers for Breaking Dawn and I saw way prettier ones than that that I thought were more symbolic of what actually is the whole Twilightness, but I just don't really like the chess pieces at all it's just not my thing so I absolutely love it though I think it's really good, and what, what I think it's the opposite of what Maddie was saying. I think that like this like beautiful like white queen is representative of what she is now like to Edward. Like she's like human, she's like beauty, and here comes like the redness, the vampire future coming up, and it's like it's really really rare for a pawn to take a queen, but like, the fact that this is gonna come and overtake like such horrible future is gonna come of what Edward sees and take such a beautiful future away without like the queen knowing what like horrible things lay ahead like eternal damnation. So I think that'd be kind of cool. Going off of like what Janae said about how she saw white cooler covers, I just, I have to mention this because I saw one that I absolutely loved. It was similar, very, very similar to the Twilight cover with the hands holding out um, an apple, but instead it was um, hands that were like in a wedding dress and it was holding out like a bouquet of flowers. I loved it. It's just, it's gorgeous and it looks so like, it fits perfectly. That's have the same color theme though. That wouldn't have the color theme, would it? It's black, white, what, red, and red. Black. No, her, well, they could be red it, it was Yeah, it was red and white flowers and then the wedding dress was white. Oh. It was so good. Oh, I'm so mad it's not that cover. No, that would be too literal. Think about the other covers. It hasn't been things that are like straight out there like you see a picture of Belle and Edward or something. These are like these are like really like cryptic covers that you really have to like dissect and that's what's so good about you look at this and we've got no idea what lies ahead of us. Yeah. If it was a wedding we'd be like, okay, well there's definitely gonna get married in this book. I think it's good because it's cryptic and it might not be like pretty, but I think it's awesome. Because Stephanie doesn't really have anything to do with the covers, so I feel like the designers should have picked something that was like more attractive to look at like and pretty, because none of the other covers really had anything to do with the books. Like the apple Stephanie had picked, but other than that, like nothing had to do with it. It was just kind of to look good. Yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't that great, in my opinion. Well, now we're going to move on to our character profile discussion. This week we're going to be talking about James. Gail, yeah, want to give us a little background information? Sure. James is one of the most lethal vampires around. He feeds off of humans and enjoys tracking humans that have drawn the attention of other vampires. James was in Biloxi, Mississippi, sometime around 1919 and 1920, and came upon a vampire who worked in a mental institution and had grown fond of a young female patient. James made it his tax, task to kill the girl, but before he could reach her, the other vampire changed the girl, making it useless for James to kill her. The girl was Alice Cullen. Years later, when James sees that Bella is being protected by Edward and the rest of the Collins, he instantly wants to kill her for sport of it. He eventually sets a trap for Bella in Phoenix, drawing her out of hiding by using her mother's voice as bait. He wounds Bella almost fatally, breaking some ribs, her legs, and a cut on her forehead. He also bites her hand, sending venom into her system. When the Collins arrive and find Bella in such a state, Emmett and Jasper grab James and rip him to shreds. They then proceed to burn the remains, ensuring that James never harms another living soul again. Thanks to the Twilight Lexicon for the character bio. Alright, so what do you guys think of James? I think he's a really sweet guy, and I want to be best friend of him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's mean. <laughs> really? You don't like him. <laughs> I don't think anybody does, except for maybe uh. Victoria and Laurent. But they don't count, so it's okay. 
But not even like, well, Victoria liked him, but not even Laurent like liked him because didn't he say he was just with him because it was convenient and he was like apologizing for his actions and stuff. So it's weird that like even the people around him don't like him. Maybe it's just like, this is a weird relation, but maybe it's just like they follow him because they think they need to. Like how I feel like none of the Nazis were like totally into Hitler. <laughs> So, do you guys have any favorite scenes that James is in? I love the scene when he almost kills Bella. Okay, well, that scene is going to be sick awesome in the movie. I'm so excited for that to come out. I am excited for that. That's going to be so cool. Like, ah, uh, beyond and awesome. Even the pictures we've seen so far. Just like, and we keep seeing the filming of it. It's going to be awesome. Like, so excited and i wonder like when they were filming that scene like ballet studios have mirrors and everything so that would look really cool but like how are they going to keep all the cameras out it's, of the mirrors um what's more called they know what they're doing i just feel like someone's going to be looking through that movie and find a camera in the mirror i was thinking about that too actually i'm gonna be really excited for everyone to email and like look at 22 seconds into the film and look at how you can almost see a camera on the right side <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that would be so weird. Uh, another scene that I'm really kind of excited to see from Midnight Sun is like the scene when they were playing baseball and then James's coven comes to like talk to them because there's so much more going on than we like actually see. And so I really want to read that in Midnight Sun where like Edward knows what James is thinking. Yeah, I think it's going to be another one of the things like where it surprises us, like the intensity of like how much he really needs to hunt Bella. Like when we were all surprised about how bad Jasper's like deal with wanting to kill people is. I think it's going to be something like that where it's like, wow, I had no idea that he's that crazy. He's hot. <laughs> I'm Googling <laughs> Yeah, he is hot. Well, speaking of hot, James is going to be played by Cam... I'm going to kill this. Gidget. So, what do you guys think of that casting? He was in Jack and Bobby, and he was in The O.C. Two shows that I will unwillingly admit I love. <laughs> well, Janae and I were talking about this one day in Spanish. And, and not paying attention to Senora. Obviously. <laughs> and we felt like James isn't really supposed to be hot. So He's a vampire. He has to be hot. It's kind of weird that they casted someone hot. Well, he was... They said in the book that he was, like, really ugly when he was a human, so now he just looks normal. Well, Cam is nothing resembling not hot. Yeah. Exactly. Which is kind of an issue, but, you know, kind of not, because we get to look at hot people. Alright, so if you guys were to pick someone to play him, who would it be? Did any of you see Prom Night? No. Nah. Keep going. No. <laughs> Alright, well, did you see the trailer maybe for it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know the guy, like the murderer guy? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's like he's like my picture of James. His name is Jonathan Sheck. He's he like, was married to Christina Applegate. I don't know. Perfect. Sorry. Right. Yeah, so that's how I picture James, but I might just be biased because he was the murderer in that movie. <laughs> okay, well, um, mine is... I know how James isn't supposed to be super duper hot and attractive because I'm like, he's supposed to be average looking. And, you know, there aren't that many average looking famous people that i know of but i picked um carl urban because he's somewhere in between that average looking and somewhat attractiveness i guess for some people 
I picked, I know I just said that James wasn't supposed to be hot, but I'm cheating anyway and picking someone who is hot. And um, James Franco from Spider-Man. Oh, oh good. James Franco. He was Harry from, I think he would be a really, like, he's pretty good evil murderous guy, especially in the later movies. I think he would be perfect, like, acting-wise. And he's pretty. <laughs> so fun to look at. <laughs> Good choice. So my pick is someone who's really hot. He's actually also from Jack and Bobby, which is why I found him. But um, his name, he was in Sydney White, I think, also. But his name is Matt Long, and he's really hot. You know, that's supposed to be, but I don't know. He kind of could be seen as not, like, ridiculously hot and just kind of, like, cute. Matt Long. I wonder, though, like, if he was in Sydney White, do you think he'd make a good evil evil, evil person? person? Yeah, he was a butt face in um, Jack and Bobby. Oh. Uh, like a, a butt face or like a murderer? <laughs> What's the difference? act. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like people can learn to act. True. And he's really hot. And we love hot Exactly. People. Well, now we're going to move on to our scene of the week where we pick out a scene from the series and talk about it. Janae, would you like to tell us the scene for this week? Surely. The scene from this week is where Edward takes Bella to his special meadow. Yes. So, they're... <laughs> They pretty, he pretty much just shows up at her house and they're wearing matching outfits, which is cute. <laughs> and he just tells her to, he just tells her to drive, and so she drives and follows his directions. And then he tells her to pull over, and she's like, "Is this supposed to be a trail?" And he's like, "No, we're hiking." And she's like, "Oh God, I'm gonna trip and kill myself," but she, but she <laughs> didn't, thankfully. So they hike and hike and hike through the. They love today's retellings. <laughs> I know, I'm so talented. So they hike and hike and hike through the forest, and then they come to this, oh my god, gorgeous meadow with the pretty flowers and everything, and Bella's all amazed, and Edward's standing in the trees because he's like, do, do I still want to show her this when I go out in the sun? And then he does, and he's all sparkly, and it's pretty and adorable. You would know you were there. Yes. So what do you guys think of that scene? I think that it was super... I'm actually rereading it right now. That's where I am in Twilight at the moment. I love that scene. I don't know. I thought it was super cute without being, like, obesely corny. Obesely? Or nauseatingly Nauseatingly corny. I don't know. I thought it was really cute, and she was so excited to be with him. And it just, I don't know, it made made me feel all warm and fuzzy. And it was like when we really just started finding out about all the vampire stuff, so it was really exciting because we were figuring everything out. And we were getting all this new information, and it was cool. It was a good scene all around. Oh, A-Ray, what are your thoughts on this scene? I don't, I think it was like I think it was cool because it was, the, it was the first time that like I mean he openly admitted beforehand that he was a vampire and stuff but I think it was the first time that like she actually completely totally uh, not believed it but I guess accepted it as like wow this is actually real because then she she saw him like glittering and then she saw him like I think didn't he like break a tree or something? <laughs> do do they? Did he? You were there watching. <laughs> yes, I was. He broke the tree. For that. <laughs> <laughs> well i also liked how kind of because we didn't really know edward very well and well it was kind of like there was this thing looming over them that maybe he was gonna kill her like that entire time because i don't know i just thought it was exciting because it was like he was so we didn't know how good he was about controlling himself and everything but i also liked that 
he was saying how comfortable he felt around her like when he starts to let himself go like when he would move really fast and stuff now we're going to move on to our newest segment entitled swoonworthy edward's nauseatingly adorable quote of the week hey ray want to tell us what our quote is this week surely madison this week's adorable edward quote is no i'll mostly be watching you anyway so i'm going to read um, a little part. Which doesn't really sound that adorable out of context. Not yeah, no, really. Creepy. She'll read the excerpt. I will. <laughs> okay, so they're watching Romeo and Juliet, and uh, Edward is complaining about how he doesn't like Romeo, so he says, well, first of all, he's in love with this Rosaline. Don't you think it makes him seem a little fickle? And then, a few minutes after their wedding, he kills Juliet's cousin. That's not very brilliant. Mistake after mistake. Could he have destroyed his own happiness any more thoroughly? I sighed. Do you want me to watch this alone? No, I'll mostly be watching you anyway. His fingers trace patterns across the skin of my arm, raising goosebumps. I'm just going to keep reading because it gets—it only gets better. Will you cry? Probably, I admitted, if I'm paying attention. I won't distract you then, but I felt his lips on my hair and it was very distracting. The movie eventually captured my interest, thanks, thanks in large part to Edward whispering Romeo's lines in my ear. His irresistible velvet voice made the actor's voice sound weak and coarse by comparison. Ah. <laughs> uh swoon how like amazing would that be to have edward like whispering the lines from like yeah Romeo i would Juliet into your over. ear uh, I would so die. would i was it the old version or the new it version? was the old version oh i was gonna say <laughs> and it, it would make Same. leo pale in comparison yes. but the old version was like she <laughs> needs to wear more clothing anyway about a <laughs> the book Twilight. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. <laughs> um, now we're going to move on to our favorite section where we pick a random topic and each discuss our favorite thing from that topic. Janae, would you like to tell us what the topic is for this week? Surely. Today we're going to discuss our favorite Twilight cars, as in cars that Twilight characters drive. Well, my favorite car is the yellow Porsche that Alice gets because I happen to be in love with the color yellow and Porsches are really hot. And so if I had one of those, I'd be really, really happy. <laughs> Plus it goes really fast. My favorite Twilight car is also the yellow Porsche, but I'm not gonna talk about that because Gail already did. I'm sure that's like all of our favorite cars, but anyway. I also really like the um the red convertible that Rosalie has. And I think it's funny that Edward's like annoyed at her for bringing it to school that one day because he's like, oh, as if we weren't already conspicuous enough. He's got a really nice vocabulary. Remember, he used the word ostentatious that scene. So, yeah, I think a red convertible would be pretty I'll buy you one. Go ahead, they'll be slamming. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I also like the Porsche 911 Turbo that Alice steals in Italy, but since it's been talked about, I will talk about a different car. I know this is kind of weird, but I do like Jacob's car, Agreed. Volkswagen Rabbit, because it's so different looking, considering I've never seen a Volkswagen Rabbit before, and it's just, I kind of think it's kind of cute. Not gonna lie, I, I really like do. Boys. Well, my favorite's kind of the opposite of the you guys' favorites. The truck. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I like Bella's truck, because, like, it's I feel friend. like I could see it see myself like the environmentalist this, like ridiculous truck <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah but like i would be poor and buy this like crap maddie truck you're such a hick <laughs> and it not even work <laughs> and i am a hick <laughs> and um sorry to all you southern listeners because <laughs> it's like the most realistic i guess car for a teenager because all the vampires have all these ridiculously cool cars because they're all rich and stuff and then bella's got this like clunker that teenagers normally yes. have oh i like that one
And it reminds me of a fire truck. On to another new segment entitled A-Ray's Cheesy Vampire Joke of the Week. This time, however, it's Lauren's Cheesy Vampire Joke of the Week. A-Ray, would you like to start? Surely. <clears throat> hey, Janae, what do you get when a hairstylist becomes a vampire? What? Bang! <laughs> like fangs! <laughs> fangs and fangs, they rhyme. Get it? Uh, it's like fangs. <laughs> really, Daddy? It's so funny. Really? I don't think we knew that. <laughs> And vampires are banging. <laughs> Thanks to Lauren from Ohio for sending that in. Alright, we're going to end the show with the song of the week where we pick a song that reminds us of Twilight. Gail, what's the song for this week? As you heard in the intro, this week's song is I'll Run by the Cab. And we met have seen! Yay! Uh, and we took a picture with Alex Marshall. He's hot. He is hot. We're going to play the song in the background as we discuss it so you guys can hear it. Alright, so what reminds you of Twilight in this song? Um, the first line, it seems like Edward trying to convince Bella he's scared. She's scared when just I can see it in your eyes, you're scared. And you know, I'll run. They, vampires run fast. Uh, I'll keep you company at night. Is it just, it's like how Edward sees her um, a lot of times. I think that the... They're both really stubborn people when it comes to like trying to compromise. So the line says, and you know, you know it's true. Well, <laughs> this is a fight I refuse to lose. Um, <laughs> it sings that. Um, that reminds me of the two of them trying to compromise. And they're like, Pow! When they say, I can hear it in the, your voice, you care. Reminds me of like Edward's velvety voice. And let me run my fingers through your hair. That all reminds me of the scene we just discussed. Ooh. The nauseatingly adorable quote. Uh-huh. And also how she says, um, you're three times the lady I've ever had. How Edward's never really been interested in anyone before Bella. That's such a cute line. Yeah. Oh, and the line says, because sometimes baby you fall on your back. Because she's kind of the world's largest klutz ever. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Um, this is kind of a line that's from Bella to Edward. When she says... You're scared and alone. And like, before that, it says, have a little faith in me. Because like, Edward kind of never really had a girl. And then she comes along. And they're in love. And she'll keep him company at night because baby, he's here to make things right. <laughs> also about like the part where it says, this is a fight I refuse to lose. Um, it, can also, it can be like, interpreted how Gail said, with how they're both stubborn. But I thought of it as like, um, Edward loves her so much that like he refuses he refuses to stop fighting against the urge to like suck her blood. Um and he yeah, so he refuses to do that just so they can be together. Um the line I'm here to chase away these tears and baby we can chase away these tears reminds me of all the dreams that she has and I was trying to help her like conquer them. And by dreams I mean nightmares. And she cried a lot in the beginning and then he came along. Well, that's it for our show this week. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email bloodsuckerspodcast at yahoo.com or visit our blog at bloodsuckerspodcast.blogspot.com. You can also be our friend on MySpace at myspace.com slash bloodsuckerspodcast, or you can join our group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. I'm Maddie. I'm A-Ray. I'm Janae. And I'm Gail. Make sure to tune in next week. Bye. Bye. It's Maddie. I just wanted to let you know we're not going to be able to do a show next week because we all have our finals to study for. 
So sorry for any inconvenience and on to the bloopers. Thanks for listening to our 10th episode. Each week we... <laughs> okay. Blah, 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 that is... Times the lady I ever had. You know, you know it's true. Uh, this is a fight I refuse to lose. Uh, and I'll run. Oop, that's not happening. Okay. <laughs> you would know you were there. Yes, I know I was. I was hiding in the trees just watching them do it. (laughs) (laughs) Bloopers. Oh, A-Ray, what are your thoughts on this scene? Um. (laughs) (laughs) Bloopers. I just like being like, Peter Facinelli. Peter Facinelli. Sorry. Romeo, come back on the balcony and look at my boobs. Ah, the Queen of England. Tell her to get a life. Does she have a country to govern? Exactly. Alright. <laughs> With those sound effects. <laughs> I love editing. <laughs> but you know who I am going to kill, Janae. She just trapped the call like 12 times in a row. Eighth time's a charm.